Unsurprisingly, the Nerd and Tie podcast is a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd talk about how great you are. We might even high-five you in the hallways if that was a thing that human beings still did. But but we can't, because that would be weird. But still, we'd say how nice you are. Just go to nerdandtie.com, click on the sponsor form, or support our legal fund by going to gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. On this Fortnite's edition of Nerd and Tie, BlurredCon will require all attendees to be vaccinated. The Harmony Gold Macross Robotech Wars are may finally be over. And we take a look at streaming favorites Godzilla vs. Kong, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Mortal Kombat. All this and the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge on this month's edition of Nerd and Tie. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you had to do it. I mean, uh, uh, appropriate. That was completely legitimate. Appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome once again, listeners, to another month's edition of Nerd and Tie. Actually, a lot on the docket, I would say. This is kind of an exciting one. Yes, it is. Uh-uh. <laughs> I am your I am your uh first speaker of the evening because I'm emotionally invested in this harmony gold nonsense, Nick Izumi. <laughs> Screaming from the realms of the battle, the outworld, is <laughs> the heroic Trador. <laughs> Finish him. And trying to keep this dimension safe from the ghosts that continue to haunt Luigi's mansion. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost-busting Benjamin Brock. Uh, for oh. reference. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> for reference, boyfriend and I just finished co-op playing uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. How is it? is it? It's really fun. It's actually really well, like, they did a really good job, like, with the co-op system. It's really nice. fun for co-op. Nice. It's been on my radar. I just haven't, uh, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't had a chance to, like, look at really much for games lately. But I, I was pretty jazzed when I heard Luigi was getting another mansion, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that man deserves as many houses as he can find. He's, he started he yeah he started from the bottom now he look at him look at him yeah now he's, he's here yeah now he's here. <laughs> okay. just in yeah i the you know they say in new york you can be a new man he just started as a plumber now he's a ghostbuster what a guy anyway um okay. that was that was a weird collection of just music and then musical references that i'm doing great wholly unrelated. this is just that strange <laughs> this is, this so you're stream... in for a bit of a roller coaster of an episode the stream of consciousness with nick Izumi week this is, um, this is what happens like it's been we've, we've been in this situation for a year 
like a year ago we did the insane episode where I, we brought oh. on like let's be legendary and kyle and like had the big big group and and now well, I, I am officially a hermit <laughs> like, got, i'm due to get my certificate in the mail any day now we got we, we've all been strange but but um i hit my two weeks after my second shot on thursday this week so nice. and uh krista's getting her shot tomorrow um her second shot tomorrow so i actually got shot one this last thursday so Woo-hoo. i'm gonna be mm-hmm. so, so may 18th so is, is it just me or is it weird like people like trying to like turn companies like pfizer and moderna into like oh like pokemon references and stuff or game of thrones references and i'm like these are pretty evil corporations uh we, we don't need <laughs> yeah, to make like... them cutesy look just because they're making the thing that's saving our lives right now doesn't didn't doesn't stop all the evil stuff they've done <laughs> yeah, ba- yeah. Like it's... <laughs> which one did you get me 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 it's like let's, let's not okay. romanticize pfizer no. let's just get their shots so we can live <laughs> I, I am going to say this when cons come back, uh, uh, all you ladies out there look forward to that being the new douchebag pickup line at con raves. <laughs> hey, Pfizer or Moderna. Hey girl, come on. Pfizer. Or Moderna. Like it's coming. Hey, Johnson it and Johnson's coming. back on the market. So, you know, nice. Okay. Get one shot or two, Third baby. Option. Oh, <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's what. Speaking of vaccinations, um, I want to, I think we that leads us perfectly into our first topic tonight. It sure does. Um, it's almost like we did that on purpose. I actually kind of did. I kind of hoped you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, not, not to admit, like, you know, that I purposely segued us into a topic, thus disrupting any naturalness that it may have, like, appeared to have had. Um, but yeah, <laughs> to be fair, before it got weird, I didn't say this week or this fortnight. So you I, did. you did, like you I got it right. You got it right that we're a monthly I... show and we've been a monthly <laughs> show for years and, and you, you re- remembered and I was so proud of you and I didn't say just, anything. I was, just, I, I was mentally thinking, I'm so proud of Nick for getting the, the interval of our show correctly. I'm not joking. I literally had that thought. Time is starting to make sense again. Maybe <laughs> it's funny. But uh, so uh, while a lot of us are getting our shots, you know, getting ready for um, being able to face this post-COVID world, um, it's been interesting watching the convention community react. And most interestingly, BlurredCon is uh, taking it uh, a step further than I any other cons that I've seen by full on requiring attendees to be vaccinated. Yeah. Um so BlurredCon is based in the DC area. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the right now they're scheduled to to run this summer. And obviously that's like, you know, vaccination rates are not going to be amazing by summer right now just looking at how long it's taking to get people to actually go out there because a certain category of human beings has decided that uh, um a shot with almost one in a million chance of complications is scarier than a uh, disease that kills one out of every hundred people. Um, just boggle at their inability to do math. Anyway, so BlurredCon has uh, 
they're bad people. I'm not. I'm not, not taking the people, that back. They're the, bad people. The people not getting the shot are bad people. You said that right after I said blurred con. So let's be really clear. Oh, oh God, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm definitely not dissing on blurred con. Yeah, right, 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 right. I just want to be like dial back. Uh, so BlurredCon has uh, made an announcement on April 19th that um, it's that BlurredCon 2021 is a vaccine mandated event. Um, even if someone had previously had COVID and recovered, it you still have to get vaccinated. Um, and only those having completed their completed vaccine regiment and showing their COVID-19 vaccination record card at registration will be admitted into the event. Um, this extends to all staff, volunteers, vendors, contractors, and sponsors. Like it's and and they posted information on how to find vaccination sites, but yeah, um, and obviously, like th this means that it's going to be an issue for children fifteen and under, but because uh, right now the only approved vaccines are for ages sixteen and up, but yeah, it's this is a huge step, and I'm all for it. Honestly, it's. I know that it's it seems like a lot, but I think it's the only responsible way to hold an event for the time being. It's necessary to hold an event in 2021, I think. It's look, I know that there have been events <laughs> that have decided to try to run in the time being um there like there have been events that have not canceled, there have been events that have decided to go forward and some have been like trying good to be good about masks and some of them have not. Um but either way like it's there is <laughs> there's a fucking vaccine. I'm sorry. Like go if you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. And if you can't get vaccinated, you shouldn't be going to a convention right now. Shout out to my alma mater con, uh the that is to say the one that I helped co-found Daishokan for actually like canceling. I know yeah. that wasn't an easy decision, but it was the mature and responsible decision and Everyone who worked at the con should be proud of, yeah, of doing the right thing. Frankly, for for listeners unaware, Daishokan is an annual convention in um, the Wisconsin Dells, and usually held in November, usually the weekend before Thanksgiving. Um, mm -hmm. And it's they decided to cancel, and I, you know, like it. I'm a little sad because, but because I was part of me was still optimistic we might be able to but it, it's it's a really it's a smart move it's um yeah it's I definitely think that they made the right decision making the cancellation um, hey I'm I am right there with you I want to go yeah. to cons again I want to wear fancy frilly outfits again I want to be a cosplay thought again and <laughs> I just can't and it's just the responsible decision for right now it's almost like we have to be adults about these things and conventions aren't worth risking human lives. I mean, like I'm uh, full disclosure. I'm the convention director for no brand con currently. Um, and uh, we've canceled three dates. <laughs> it's, we uh, like technically we're still organizing no brand con 19, which is now scheduled for 2022. The original dates for that were April, 2020. And then we postponed them to August and uh, I just remember we postponed that to August 2020, and we were like, look, like we th it should be good by August. If it's not, we've got bigger problems than the convention to deal with. And I was right, unfortunately, when I said that, but um, <laughs> we're still terrible. 
terrible. Um, and so, yeah, and then we canceled our 2021 dates um, back in, which would have been um, last weekend originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we canceled those back in November. And, like, we got... Um, fortunately our hotel, um, let us out of our contract uh, to be fair after the first reschedule, we actually had to put into our contract that we could cancel if it, the pandemic was still ongoing without penalty. Okay. So the second time we canceled, we were fine. The first time we canceled, it was like crossing fingers and toes. Um, and then, you know, the third time we canceled, we were still riding with those adjustments from the second contract. Uh, like I'm just like, I got, I got an email about someone inquiring of when Artist Alley registration was going to open, and I had to be like, well, technically it closed already, and we have to double-check that everyone we rolled over still wants to come. <laughs> and if we find out that they're all coming, then we won't open it up at all, and if we, if they're not, then we'll open it up in a few months. But it's just so weird, because, like, we canceled. We were supposed to be April 2020. Like, we went to lockdown in March. So... Mm-hmm. Like, we had a full con ready to go. Like, schedules were finalized. The the um, the program guide was about to go to print and thankfully didn't. Same with the T-shirts. Like, literally, T-shirts and program guides were Oof. about to be sent to the printers. And uh, we, we thankfully stopped that. Um, but, so now it's like, for, for 2022, we are patchworking what we already have. Like, mm-hmm. we've got to reach out to everyone who submitted stuff. Like, you know, person A sent in a panel. We have to be like, uh, are you still going to come? Because <laughs> it's, it's not like, it's not like you know, I'm not confident that, like, we can't fill a schedule in 2022. But it's like, these are people who submitted things for something literally, at that point, two years in the past. <laughs> Sorry, but... To, to go why I actually brought this up as I have meandered us far and wide from the actual topic at hand. Um, <laughs> it's This is a step that we haven't decided if this is a step we're going to take, but it's gonna, we're going we're gonna to take a look at vaccination rates going forward and it's, it's obviously nothing's been decided by the organization. This is the sort of decision we'd be making at an organization level um, for our organizing committee, but like it's it's going to be discussed whether or not we require vaccinations for everybody coming. Like that's and that's a discussion that needs to be had. I think I think every con yeah. I think if a con is happening in 2021 it has to ha- that that has to be a discussion you have. And mm-hmm. 2022 which is when when we're scheduled for is I still think it's going to be an issue because again a bunch of assholes are not getting vaccinated and we can't reach herd immunity if we don't get to 60 to 80%. Mhm. It's it's frustrating. It's super frustrating. Yeah, it's I, mm. I don't know, Gen, you have any thoughts? Oh Welcome to the part of the show where I randomly put Gen on the spot. Yeah, well <laughs> that's because I don't talk much. Um <laughs> No one can hear you shrug, dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's it's honestly a logical step for um you know, any conventions wishing to hold themselves like now 
till next year, most likely. Um, I'm curious as to, do you guys have like those stats on how big Blurred Con usually is? That's a good question. I have not looked at that. I didn't look it up because I've never yeah. been. <laughs> Just because, like, I know... Um... Uh, it's about, um, at least according to their own about page, it's mm. three to 4,000. Okay. Or, yeah, that's... Sizable. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting to see... Um, how well it goes mm-hmm. be- since like yeah I mean y- we could see that something like this definitely would happen it's just that this is the first time that it's happening um, so yeah. yeah I'm I I don't I don't know I don't know how to feel about it um, I'm just I guess I'm interested to see the results um, I hope it works and I, I'm glad Daisho decided to cancel because um, we were talking before the show how, um, you know, requiring these these limitations and these rules um, can be super difficult for um, convention spaces where it's got a shared hotel, especially where, like, the convention space also houses people not part of the convention. Uh-huh. And and we've all three of us have been to tons of conventions like that. I mean, I remember people holding wedding receptions oh, God, during the convention. Geek-Con. Um <laughs> yep, that was that was yep. hilarious. <laughs> I mean to be fair and, with the GeekCon one, the bride and groom kind of did it on purpose, it turned out. Like they found oh. out a convention was happening and got really excited. Like when I just heard that like they got really into it. Yeah, they did. They, they were like playing games with people and stuff. The, the bride so. and groom knew ahead of time. Their, their wedding guests didn't necessarily know. <laughs> Good for them. Good I for mean, them. my uh, favorite moment happened actually at a dice show con where one of the rooms, uh, the hotel accidentally double booked a room um, for the uh, the male strip show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do remember this quite and, clearly. And the best part is, is that the room it was in, to, from if you entered the hotel at the lobby, you had to go through the entirety of the conventions. Back when they were in Stevens Point, in a hotel uh-huh. that doesn't exist anymore. I loved that Ramada that does. It got torn down years ago, but you had to you had to go all. They had to go all the way through. Venue of all time. And so I kept directing drunken, confused middle-aged women towards the strippers. <laughs> oh, because no I don't remember. Because I was dressed oh, normally. Remember. And so uh, they, I, I would be like the, the one normal looking person making eye contact with them. <laughs> oh, I just felt bad. <laughs> yeah, I've only been there. I was only there once. That's where boyfriend and I met. No. It was the one. And it was, I think, I'm pretty sure it was the last year that Daisha was yeah. there. Yeah, which I, ironically, was probably the best year that we had at the uh, at that Ramada. Oh no, that and, Ram- that Ramada was an amazing space for conventions. I, so I don't cool. know what it's like from the organizer's point of view, but I know from like an attendee's point of view, that yeah. layout was just amazing. Like, it's so good. In my experience, I know a lot of people who really strongly prefer the Kalahari, and I mean, it's I'm not invalidating their experiences 
I well, don't think I've loved running any event more than I loved running those first three years of Dice Show. Well, it's you like know, with full with full respect to you guys for the time we spent under entire expo team. I'm <laughs> yeah, just no, no I don't that disagree. Event was amazing. That first off, like that that hotel had, um, I believe, the best layout conducive to room parties at an anime con in Wisconsin that yes. ever had. Yeah. Like, there oh was, yes, there was no better place in that that has ever been in the state for room parties at a wisconsin con and i will say that and i i think it's probably going to be true going forward forever and that hotel doesn't exist anymore so you can't prove me wrong um <laughs> and, and unfortunately like, the thing is even if the, the somehow the even if the hotel wasn't gone forever it's just that Dice Show's gotten so big. Oh, no, yeah, right. But a different con could have moved in. Dice Show might have had to move out of that space, but another con could have moved in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like. And I'll always try to do that. The only problem is Stevens Point doesn't like conventions anymore. It. I mean. Well, is there a convention space in Stevens Point currently? There is. There, there's this. uh, Yeah, there's the Holiday Inn. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's the Holiday Inn where EgoCon. A one day one room event with one one Daleks is every year. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's... That's a thing. Because I know that like um, because Wausau's got several spaces that are nice. Because uh, yes, it's they they they've got the remaining plaza, and uh, they've got obviously the um the Central Wisconsin Convention Center, whatever the technical name. They've of that got a that ever yeah. They've out. got a convention center. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that venue's great. I genuinely, I oh man, I hope I hope it's safe enough to run EverCon this year. It's yeah, like I've yes. gotten like I got I know CoolyCon is still planning on moving forward in Lacrosse because I got the vendor notification, but I'm not applying to it. It's like I got one for Geekcraft Expo, and like props to them, but they're expensive. Yeah. Well, it's like I I I just don't think I'm going to do any cons this year. You know, yeah. the The only like, Besides the only caveat I'm having is all I'm doing like outdoor craft fairs. Yeah, where I have like my my nine foot by nine foot tent, and I can put my tables of stuff in front of me and stay like six feet away from. I don't care who. The, the closest <laughs> to a con I'm doing this year is Meat Grinder Weekend. Yeah. I yeah. That's. That's my only for sure thing. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Meat Grinder is a podcast on the Nerd and Tide podcast network. Go to nerdandtide.com slash meat grinder. Um, we record that in person. Mm-hmm. On a weekend. In, in, uh, near my birthday. And few survive. No, I'm just well, I mean, all that. The, anyway. Well, well but actually, all, yeah, few characters survive. That's the whole point. That's true. <laughs> That's why it's called the meat grinder. That's mm-hmm. why it's called the meat grinder. If you listen to the meat grinder and you get attached to a character, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of getting attached, no, that's not a good transition. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, so speaking, actually, no, speaking of being too attached to things. <laughs> Yeah, use it. Go for it. Go for it. Harmony Golds being too attached to Macross might finally be coming to an end. And I just, okay, anyone who's listened to the show on and off or has had to deal with me has has heard me complain 
endlessly about a company known as Harmony Gold, a kind of shady real estate company that also owns the rights to uh, the Americanized version of the anime Macross, which they dubbed into Robotech in the mid-80s and then designed a business model around hoping no one would ever find out about the Japanese source material. They're yeah. a real estate company? Yeah, yeah, they're also, that's, presumably that's where a lot of their money is coming from. <laughs> I, that's what I'm assuming anyway, and, because I can't imagine the Robotech is actually making them any money. And, and anyone who's listened to the show long enough knows that I make fun of Macross occasionally, not because mm -hmm. I actually have a strong opinion about Macross, but because I find a central conceit to the plot amusing. And that is um, the, the, the power of singing. Um, and, uh, but I also haven't watched any Macross in like 25 years. So like, I also don't really have strong, like, I don't actually have strong negative opinions about the show. I just think it's a fun thing to make fun of because it's the one thing that sticks out in my memory from when I watched Robotech. And I, I've been able to tell something, something was off like in the last few years. I want to like, so Harmony Gold has had this stranglehold on the on the macross brand um this has been everywhere thing from uh straight up um in 2000 they actually were sending cease and desist letters to anime stores that carried macross products to throwing their weight around and saying that they have the exclusive rights to anything related to macross which kind of sucked for a lot of people because um the Macross franchise has been going strong for almost 40 years now, and the vast majority of it has not been legally available outside Japan. Uh, basically, there was that, on... like, one random movie that got a Macross Plus release on VHS or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there was, um, there I've were two... That. <laughs> two things yeah there was the macross plus oba which baby brian cranston stars in the dub of that wow. if you want an idea of how weird that one is yeah that was back when he was a no-name and he was still voicing monsters on power rangers uh brian cranston played the lead in a macross dub that's a real thing that exists um and macross 2 which kind of got in under the same weird bar that the Macross movie got in under of it was bought legally, but Harmony Gold wasn't happy about it. <laughs> um, so they've been fighting very hard. I This is very much a Cliff, Note, Cliff Notes version. I'm midway through editing a video uh, that'll be on the Nick Izumi channel if you want more details about all this. Long, But it's been ugly. Um and Macross creator Shoji Kawamori has been publicly very outspoken about it. Uh, at, during one interview, he said, it breaks my heart that the people who worked on this aren't credited. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. And I can't emphasize that part enough. The Robotech version does not credit any of the original creators. Wow. That's like, pretty terrible. Like, That's real bad. Say what you will about Star Blazers and what it did with Yamato. Like, Star Blazers actually uh, credits Leiji Matsumoto and Nishizaki and Noboro Ishiguro. Um, they don't do that on Robotech. It just says animation produced by Tatsunoko. That's it. Wow. Even wow. though, 
even though like they like uh that first season of Robotech, which is Macross, they basically just straight translate Macross, but wow. don't give the. Cr- yeah, no, it, it's it's. I know. I'm sorry. It's a mess. So this has been a this has been really ugly. Um, but then I I and I'll admit I've been noticing some weird stuff leading up to it. But then, uh, I'd given up hope once again back in 2019. Tatsunoko announced that they renewed their license with Harmony Gold. Um, meaning that they Harmony Gold would still have the legal rights to distribute Macross outside Japan for another 10 years. So I was like, okay, wow. we're bummed. Here's See, that the... one sounded disingenuine. <laughs> so, okay, but, okay, this is where it gets kind of, this is the next part that's kind of messy. So Tatsunoko is an animation company. A lot of people have heard of it. Um, they did sell the rights to Harmony Gold. Macross is actually owned by two other Japanese companies, though. What? Yeah. And Big West, the one that the Macross's creator, Shoji Kawamori, works with, never okayed this. So Shoji Kawamori has been, like, pissed about this for the better part of a decade now. Um... But I had given up hope because, like, this sounded like it would be a huge legal battle, whatever. Everything seemed hopeless. Um, then April 8th of this year happened. And kind of out of nowhere, um, an official English Macross Facebook page and Twitter were set up. Hmm. And the official Robotech page shared the same announcement that was on the official English Macross page. Uh, Big West Limited um, and the Los Angeles-based Harmony Gold uh, announced an agreement surrounding the worldwide rights to Macross and Robotech. And the official word on the agreement is that Big West is allowed to distribute Macross content outside of Japan without <gasps> Harmony Gold getting in their way. Yeah! Which is Ooh. really cool. That's yeah, really that's... cool! Um, There were some weird things in the press release, though, that I don't feel like anyone is talking about that I kind of want to point out. Please, show me, not... tell me the weird stuff. Yes. I'm a not, just, not just... So, I mean, everyone knew that Harmony Gold was trying to Again, they had a business bottle built on hoping no one would find out that their Japanimation was from Japan. But what's weird was in the press release, they also included the weirdly specific phrasing that Big West will do nothing to interfere with Harmony Gold producing a live-action Robotech movie. Oh, no. Which... That's not going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, which is a thing I know they've wanted to do, but I think it's weird that they were trying to imply that Big West was the thing stopping them. It's not going to happen. Not that, and not that it's just a weird, bad idea. <laughs> Robotech is, it would be so expensive to do a Robotech movie well, and there's no way that it would get the returns to, like, you can't make a $100, $100 million movie. You can make a $100 movie, and get but you can't make a $100 million robotech movie and make a profit it, it and and like they've been talking about this thing for years like lawrence kasdan was yeah. briefly attached as a writer um freaking uh toby mcguire was attached for a little bit but like, that was 
a decade ago. Like think about think about like when Robotech <laughs> when Robotech was airing first run in America, I was a child and Nick hadn't been born yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> like like who's like see Transformers worked as a nostalgia property. First off, they put that movie out in 2007, not like so way earlier when I was like in my 20s and still relevant. Um and and secondly, um they there there've been ongoing Transformers fiction since the original besides the the original series getting rerun in with the G2 Cube for years and then you know Beast Wars and Beast Machines and then like constant series there was a never ending Transformers on TV gaining new audience constantly I would since say the 80s Transformers is orders of magnitude more right. relevant than right. Robotech has right. ever been but think about like... every time they try to <laughs> reboot Thundercats uh-huh. They've tried it's, to, uh, twice it's, now, and it has not found cultural relevance. Like, imagine someone trying to greenlight a $100 million or even a $50 million Thundercats movie. Yeah, that... <laughs> That's going to flop hard. Robotech is less relevant, has less nostalgia for people than Thundercats does. I, I think it's a s- solid argument, because... Thundercats um, had much more of a presence in the toy and frankly, a cool logo that people put on T-shirts in the early 2000s. It, well, Robotech, the, the only reason I discovered it was it ran on Toonami. Yeah. But even the fact that it ran on Toonami, they only ran the first two seasons because, uh, um, wow, I'm about to give Harmony Gold credit, but it was 80s Harmony Gold, so it was a different monster anyway. Uh, the third season never aired on American TV after the 80s because one of the main characters is a gender nonconformist. Like, I'm like yeah. this character literally, uh, I he uses male pronouns, but he cross dresses as a woman, as a singer. But in the original, in the original Most Peta and in the Robotech version, and Robotech sh- kind of shockingly didn't try to cut that out, so no modern channel would run the final season of Robotech as a result. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, let's like Robotech live action movie. Like they could try to make it, but the best you're gonna get is an asylum film, and I've seen Atlantic Rim. Yeah, it's it's not good. I saw Atlantic Rim before the MST3K episode. I watched that movie on its own. <laughs> there, there are two other things I do want to point out real quick that I think is interesting. Both Transmorphers movies. God damn it! <laughs> I, I part of me probably should have seen this coming, because for about the last year now, I think where Harmony Gold makes their money, aside from, like I said, they have some kind of shady-looking real estate um, uh, ventures, but also they've been selling Robotech toys. And, like, they still sell those to a collector's market. But for, like, the last year, they've just been putting Macross emblems and names on things. Really? (laughs) Like they have, like they've been co- like on the characters. I still think they're putting like the the Americanized names on those, but on all the Mecha, it's been Macross names. It hasn't been Veritex. It's been Valkyries, or it hasn't been Zentradi Battle Pods. It's been Regults and Glogs. So that you know, was kind of it's funny. I always think it was Valkyries. I never it, think it was Veritex. That's 
people will get very heated about that debate to an uncomfortable extent. No, you know, it's like I'm really, um, and I've never like okay, I have seen like Macross Plus. Like I have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of my exposure was to the original Robotech mm-hmm. as a child. But you know, I think it's like because my I haven't rewatched it. Like my brain just wrote because like you know doing research on the toys. Like my brain just saw Valkyrie all the time, and because that's also an English word. It's super weird that they I I well they changed it so that they could call all their converting things Veritex between all three seasons. But yeah. Oh yeah. No, um, I'm not like I'm. I understand why. They did it. I just realized that, like, I just never even made that association. Um, I think the other weird but cool thing that kind of maybe should have clued me in that something was happening soon is that the while they're not out on home video as of yet, the three shows they Frankenstein together to make Robotech are streaming on Pluto TV and Tubi right now. Like, you can watch them subtitled uh, in their original Japanese weirdly if you look them up they're still under a robotech label but you can watch them you're under a robotech label uh sometimes yes but turns out your original name was kano in the in in the (laughs) subtitled version and uh you were australian um last but not least there is a uh what's the opposite of a silver lining to this news (laughs) because <laughs> um a dark middle yeah um since the news broke on april 8th um big west did their first upload on an official macross youtube channel which is super cool it's not region locked i like that and macross creator shoji kawamori was expressive about this on twitter he was very excited um a piece of uh, our first piece of Macross footage never released outside Japan was put up. It was admittedly a clips episode, but it was the OVA Macross flashback um, 2012, which was, I think it was like an extra on the original Laserdisc release of the movie. So it's, it's this little half hour OVA and it's really cool that it got released outside Japan. Uh, I watched it last night, though, and um, there's some stuff Big West is going to have to work on. One, it's not region-locked, but there's no subtitles on this oh, bad no. boy. Mm. Uh, Time and to learn two, Japanese. Probably, and it's not as big a deal because this little OVA is basically a music video, so it's not as big a deal. The bigger problem is that I don't know who selected the file to upload, but not only did they use an unsubtitled version, but the video quality is a a goddamn VHS rip. Like, I'm not kidding. It is, you can see tracking lines on it. Oh, no! So, like, it's like... We have been waiting for this. Some people have been waiting for this for more than a decade. Spoilers. I'm some people. And it's just they... Nick. Just only Nick. No one else. <laughs> Nick's no really else. excited, though, so it's fine. They... Maybe Reyna. It's frustrating because I have friends who are ma- who have been sub a fan-subbing Macross for a long time. Maybe, and maybe all of them. Otaku. All of them have better 
video files on their computer. And it's so frustrating because it's like there is there is 1080p versions of this. I know they exist. <laughs> I I right. almost imported it. So yeah, that's uh, good news, bad news, but mostly good news. The uh, Harmony Gold's reign of terror is mostly over, and now we're back in the ineptitude of Big West instead. <laughs> so speaking of big things <laughs> fighting each other, oh boy. <laughs> Beautiful. Now that we're 40 we're... minutes into this episode. Hey, but we're doing good on the segues. We are. We are. We're, we're excellent on segues, we're folks. Zipping along on those segues. Just call us Dean Kane going off a cliff. Our, our, our <laughs> dark. That's how our, he, he was on a segue. <sighs> Is this something with a terrible sound that will pull the spitting high tension wires down, perhaps? You're introducing the topics, remember? Yeah, it is. So, um, <laughs> I'm so happy because another Japanese thing that I love got a new chapter, uh, albeit the American version, and it was released just in time for my wedding anniversary. Aw. Uh, yeah. How thoughtful of them. I, I subscribed to HBO Max for my wedding anniversary because my wife and I stayed in to watch Godzilla vs. <laughs> Kong. Much better we... than King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, I'm hesitant to totally agree nope, with you. I, I'm right. There is a definitive winner in this movie as opposed to the 1960s movie, which just kind of ended with a shrug. The 1960s one has a definitive winner. Who? Kong. Yeah, no, I don't buy it. Kong beats the crap out of Godzilla and throws him into the water. <laughs> I don't know. Godzilla's fine. <laughs> Godzilla yeah, was still a bad guy at that point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, this, this is a remake 59 years in the making, and I was pleasantly surprised by it, especially considering no one is talking about this. This is from the director who brought us the uh, Netflix Death Note. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I did not Adam know that. Later. Interesting. Yeah. I really enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong. I thought the monster fights were great. Oh, God. It is it is the... Especially the two titular monsters. It is the best CG models they have ever used for them in these movies. Oh, yeah. And I, I, felt, I felt it had the appropriate level of ridiculousness. Um... I do think that the Millie Bobby Brown plot was a little superfluous to the story, and you could have cut a lot of it, but it didn't drag down the movie too much. Yeah, I, I agree. I It was a little weird. Like that the, one didn't go as far as it could the have. The podcaster kind of bugged me only because it was like, I just I don't know, I felt nostalgic about him because he was like, that's what conspiracy theorists sounded like 20 years ago when they were amusing and not trying to overthrow the government. I was about to say, it, when you actually know things about conspiracy theories, almost every line he said, I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, I hope he's not actually an anti-Semite. Ah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, I, I liked, uh, I liked the tie-in to like the, I mean, who knows how that major corporation got the, um, the Ghidorah skull from, uh, eco-terrorists, but whatever. Um, they have it, and they're going to use it to 
drive Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> sure, I didn't care. It was great. I loved it. Uh, I'm fine. Revenge of Kevin. <laughs> it's, you know, like it was fun. Um, you know, like yes, it, of course Godzilla's gonna win. By the way, like this version of Godzilla, we've seen exactly how powerful it was. Like we just saw the last movie. Like and mm-hmm. we've we've. St- Kong's bigger than he used to be, but he's still a monkey. I'm an ape. I, I can't believe there are people legitimately angry at anyone who refers to Godzilla to uh, King Kong as uh, a monkey. As a monkey. As monkey. Big like monkey. they get so mad, like he's an ape. I'm like, he's a giant. <laughs> he, monkey. He is not the same as the the rest of us apes. Okay. Him big monkey. I'm big an monkey. ape. You're an ape. Uh, gorillas are apes. Um, excuse you. Chimps are I apes. I am an ape. You, you, you are a great ape like the rest of us. I'm a grape ape. Thank you very much. Still an ape then. All right. I'm still right. Anyways. <laughs> I just like saying monkey. Yeah, no. It's there people legitimately angry that we are using what they believe to be a taxonomically inaccurate description of a fictional CGI creature that's it yeah because yeah. like yeah because you know megafauna are really held down by actual science impossible that... megafauna megafauna are real that's like a moose yeah there is a moose yeah. there is the, the, we still have moose like are still okay, existing me. megafauna super megafauna yeah super yeah. duper megafauna yeah. you know yeah i'm sure you know he's the size of a building i'm sorry that yeah like if, if you're really worried about them being uh, you know, taxonomically correct or scientifically correct, then instead of, you know, uh, just swinging from building to building, we would have had a much more realistic fight opening with Kong slinging his dung at Godzilla. Something that yeah. I didn't get and I'm still upset about. Okay, but... <laughs> these these yahes that want to get all uppity about taxonomy... Freaking taxonomy itself is just like a huge mess. All I'm saying is that broccoli, like, cauliflower, kale, and cabbage are all the same fucking plant. They're all the same <laughs> species. They're all the same species. We did that to that plant. It is our fault. Taxonomically, coconuts <laughs> are mammals. That's not actually true. <laughs> they do not reproduce through live birth. Yes. yes, but they, they are hairy and they produce milk. Yeah, there's more to... <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> they're not, they're not warm-blooded. They don't have that... blood. They could be. You need to have blood oh, to be a man. Don't give science ideas. <laughs> the Jurassic Park scientists are going to be like, better give the coconut This blood. Saturday on Sci-Fi, blood coconut. <laughs> blood coconut. <laughs> Coming Man. soon. <laughs> Why are we not like writing <laughs> made by the asylum. sci-fi shows? It's I made the sci-fi no. channel original movie generator. I want to point out. Yeah. It's you can find it. It's still out there on the internet. You just keep reloading it, and it'll give you the back of the DVD for sci-fi channel original movies that don't exist. Um, got to record my thing for the Manadactyl trilogy eventually. <laughs> Anyway, oh, I want to point something out about this movie that made me really happy. There is a kaiju team up 
that has never happened before, like ever in Godzilla history. Like some people might not realize this, Godzilla and Kong have never ever teamed up before this yeah, no, movie. It's, well, That's brand new. I think the only time they've met, though, was that was uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless someone else can think of some other thing I don't know about. Yeah, Toho's, uh, Toho's Kong movie rights, they only made two films. And one of them was King Kong versus Godzilla, and one of them was the painfully underrated King Kong escapes where King Kong fights Mechanicong or Mecha Kong built by the evil Doctor Who. Didn't they also like Toho made Frankenstein a giant monster? Uh-huh. That was yeah. uh, Frankenstein conquers the world. Yeah. It's like this just <laughs> shit's wild, man. It's I'm just... just waiting for the the um Godzilla versus Biolante remake. <laughs> So, uh, uh, so, so, Nick, do you have any other thoughts about uh, Godzilla v Kong: Dawn of Justice? Uh, <laughs> it was a fantastic movie, and shout out to all the weird Snyder Bros on Twitter who were who looked at the trailer to this movie and were like, "I'm getting some Batman v Superman vibes." You guys, watch another movie. I'm begging you, <laughs> watch another movie. <laughs> How do you say save Martha in monkey noises? <laughs> <laughs> monkey. Monkey. Um it's you know, I such a good though. I had so much fun. So 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 my, my thoughts about like so so Godzilla V Kong is thoroughly enjoyable. Um don't expect anything deep. The humans are just enough of them to feel connected and but just tropey enough where you don't care. And that's how humans should be in a kaiju movie. You know, to, to be to be fair, the uh, the sixty two Godzilla versus Kong is like a biting satire about commercialism and like uh, event uh, like uh, media uh, media event culture. Yeah. So it's like a satire about itself. So that's a really deep movie. If you're looking for something like that. This is not what you're getting. You are getting yeah. monkey versus lizard. This is this <laughs> is the closest we're ever going to get to like a Gamera movie because with that little girl's yeah. connection to Kong. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Gamera. I, I will tell you, like, it's the problem is that Gamera's at a completely different studio than Godzilla, so like. And and Toho had like don't hates. want Godzilla to be on screen with Gamera. I believe like, it would only happen if they got to do like what they did with the Zilla fight in um oh god what was the name of that of that movie Final Wars Final Wars thank you like where like the fight lasted 17 seconds or something uh, ridiculously from, short like that From what I understand I'd have to I I I have to confirm this but I think someone from Katakawa said that they tried pitching it at Toho Katakawa who owned Gamera these days yeah. and Toho's response was we have nothing to gain from this <laughs> like that's what happens if Legendary picks up the rights to Gamera though I I don't hey Legendary has the rights to Gundam right now so Gundam versus Godzilla might happen who knows ooh, <laughs> ooh I'd watch the heck out of that <laughs> we would need an yeah. interdimensional portal let's bring in Pacific Rim <laughs> There's an interventional portal in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Or there was in the first movie. 
yeah, who, who knows? Well, that? you could you could easily more I think more easily do um Gundam versus Mecha Godzilla, right? That that technically happened in um oh, in geez. Ready Player One. That yeah, but like I and, and by technically I mean that literally happened. I, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's I'm Ready not, Player I One. Don't, I don't give Ready Player anything no. money. So <laughs> I, I haven't seen. Don't that. care. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay to see it. Someone brought the DVD to my house, oh. and so I didn't pay to see it. And uh, there, that was the scene where a a young Japanese boy jumps out of the back of Serenity. Yes, the one from Firefly. Yeah, no, we got and it. And turns <laughs> turns into a Gundam to fight Mechagodzilla. And I'm like, someone looked at my 13 year old like sketch pad. And got all the wrong messages from it. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Uh, so, unless, does anyone have had anything more to say about uh, Godzilla versus Kong? Monkey. Monkey. <laughs> all right. So we should move on it. to the next big monkey. piece of media, which, holy <laughs> shit, man, 52 minutes in, we're getting finally getting to Falcon and Winter Soldier. We put them on the thumbnail. Huge. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier, man. Um, that uh, it just wrapped up. We talked about the first episode, um, last episode of the show, and uh, but as we're recording this, uh, the the season finale um, aired a few days ago. And I'm pretty sure I said before that I would like. I promised I would watch it. But Gen didn't. I didn't watch so it. So <laughs> I don't know if Gen wants to plug. Do you want to plug your ears or? <laughs> no, I, it's fine. What do you do? So, so that sure was a season of a television show that I enjoyed. I had a lot of fun with it. My um, my uh, leftist media critique had me still a little frustrated with how like, um, Aaron Sorkin liberally the uh, the finale ended up being. Well, I mean, but it so- was. Yeah. better than a lot of people make it out to be. That's yeah, what it I'm was because I mean, like, it is Falcon is effectively repeating Carly's points, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's, I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot to a lot of people made it before I saw it. People tried spoiling it for me, and a lot of yeah. people made it sound like Carly was gets killed, and the show plays that as a good thing. But it sure no, looked it like she got killed. Because so, the actual villain wanted to silence her, so well, it was it was a combination yeah. of that and the fact that <laughs> like her 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 death is considered a tragedy is portrayed as a tragedy in the show. They um, literally pieta her, yeah, they Jesus her, yeah. It's like... it's it. She she is a martyr. It's not going to be the last you see the flag smashers. Um, the super soldier ones, yes, but uh, the flag smashers, no. Um. It's the I I hope it's not the last we see of them because they set them up to be like I mean to be fair like the original character of Flag Smasher in the comics is rarely rarely if ever used but he actually tends to like in his later like be more positively portrayed than when he started when he was just literally like blowing up flag factories um <laughs> look it up I'm not I'm it's uh, but you know how much Captain America I've read. I don't need to look it up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying to you to look it up. I'm saying to the <laughs> listeners. Um, so like, 
I I I think that they they did uh the, but they planted that she was seeing things in very black and white when she did the the blew up people earlier in the season, um, and I've known enough people in real life who are uh, that black and white in their thinking, and even though they're right, don't necessarily like approach things completely rationally. Um, I thought that her character, like I mean, I had hoped for a more redemptive arc for her. Um, but I think that in the confines of the number of episodes they're fitting the story into, it worked fine. I don't know. What are you, your thoughts on that, Nick? Um, I, uh, sometimes she made decisions that I found really frustrating yeah. because it did feel like the Marvel school of the bat, the quote unquote antagonist of the story is making too good a point. So we have to make them do something cartoonishly evil. So we don't forget that they're, yeah bad and like but again at least she got a jesus pieta um unlike the person whose quote-unquote redemption didn't work with me was yeah so yeah it's sam and bucky were too willing to work with him i I didn't mind them working with him in that finale only because like it's a desperate situation like thing but I do think they were too like he's like trading quips with like Bucky and like that's no, that's that, what I mean like yeah. it would have been okay if they would have bitched about having him along more instead yeah, of that's that is literally the only thing that bothered me about the entire series. That said, um, I think it's interesting. Again, I'm sorry, I'm just spoiling there will be stuff. Spoilers. But... There will be spoilers. If you don't care. want spoilers for the show, yeah. uh skip ahead. I get you've listened to like you're you're fine. You've listened to like an hour of the show. We'll 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 forgive you if you quit before we talk about Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um <laughs> He uh but like he goes running headlong into the arms of what are clearly uh neo Nazis, I mean Madame Hydra, if you read the comics. So I'm kind of good with that, and I'm I'm almost good, and I'm kind of good with the idea that Bucky, that they're kind of setting things up for the future, is that Bucky put his trust in people who the epilogue of the show demonstrates are not worth trusting. And I'm excited to see that come back to bite him in I, the ass. Yeah, it's, I, I thoroughly, I, I really liked it. I will say that the nice thing about Sharon Carter being thoroughly underdeveloped in her previous appearances is that they could just do literally anything with her and it wouldn't be out of character because they never actually bothered giving her a character before. Yup. Um, so, like, I thought that that whole situation was, was really good. Um, I enjoyed I- that thoroughly. I still can't get over the MCU taking the boring Carter and turning her into amazing and worthy of her own TV series and taking the cool Carter and making her incredibly boring up until this show. Well, (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Everwood is not as an engaging um, actress as, you know. As my beloved Haley Atwell Atwell International Treasure. Like, let me put it this way. Like, I have to go look up the actress who plays Sharon Carter because in my head she's just um, Everwood, which is a show that she was on on the CW. Emily Van Camp. There I was going to say, um, Chris I Pratt really... was also on Everwood, so, but he's done enough things where I've stopped referring to him as Everwood. Um, 
I'll, I'll say one other thing. Uh, Sam, uh, bowl, uh, costume-wise, this show had some of my favorite costumes in all of the MCU. I especially loved... Um, I can't even say I especially loved. I loved Zemo's outfit, especially when he wore the stupid purple sock. Um, <laughs> I loved Bucky's outfit. Um, Sebastian Stan is a lot more trim in this series, but he looked so good. Um, yeah. I definitely don't have strong feelings about Sebastian Stan. I do. He's a, I have he's, a crush. He's a very um, handsome man. We all have a crush. Um, and then uh, Sam Wilson's final costume oh, yeah. is the one of the best examples of taking a comic book costume and just putting it on a person. Yeah. I love that. Loved it. Capital L-O-V-E. Yeah. So good. It's... Yeah, it, like I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This series was exactly what I wanted it to be. Is um, and even down to John Walker. Like I don't like Bucky being cool, John Walker, but I actually felt like that was a really great take on John Walker. I liked the performance, and I got a kick out of him wearing the U.S. agent costume. That was uh, well, I mean, he was very. He was exactly how I want John Walker to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. As in, like, there's a part of him that's trying to be a good guy, but he's not good at it, and he fucks up constantly, and uh, he's he's the the bad side of loyalty to country. Um, can can we also talk about? Um, I do think that there's some kind of poignant commentary in John Walker, in that he is a uh, an enforcer, dare I say, a police figure, who was caught on video performing a murder with the symbol of America and not only gets off the hook, but uh, gets to run into the open arms of uh, fascists just waiting to radicalize him. To be I fair, think that there's some commentary there. To be fair, I think it, that there's it, some commentary there. To be there. fair, the Contessa is working for the U.S. government, it looks like. I mean, that doesn't make it better. No, well, like, no, but it... It makes it understandable from his point of view, like, as to he still thinks he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's he he got off after committing a murder and is now being welcomed by radicals who will likely further radicalize him. I yeah. can't imagine a real-life scenario that this meshes with, <laughs> honestly. It's totally. Like, it's... Like, because my thought is, I like, I like U.S. Agent as character but i don't like like i don't like him i i enjoy stories that involve him no that that's fair i can I, i'm with yeah. you there it's so it's i'm I, I i'm really happy with the way that the season turned out and um that we're going to be seeing you know sam wilson again you know anthony mackie sam wilson as captain america going forward in the mcu very good with it. Um, it's it's super worth your time, Gen. Like honestly, oh, it sounds like, like it. It it doesn't. Yeah. Spoiler: By the end, he that... takes up the mantle of Captain America. Sorry. See that I'm not surprised with. <laughs> okay. At all. No um... one was. The toy was revealed before the show started airing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that like a long time ago. Yeah. But so, the like, the, the journey of how he gets there is is really good. Yeah. Yeah, because if I if I remember correctly, um, like he had like really big qualms about filling those shoes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and yeah, 
Yeah, the whole season is pretty much about him getting there. Yeah, That's, uh, that it, makes sense. We get a lot of interesting Sam uh, Wilson stuff. Um, obviously, his backstory has been modified for the MCU, where he's now from the South, um, like the actor is, and not, you know, because I think in the comics, Sam Wilson's from New York. Yeah, he's a uh, social yeah. worker from Harlem. Yeah, it's because um, it's, it's a Marvel character. If if they couldn't think of anything, it they're from New York. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it, it, and it was the sixty. It, it was the well. It was the late sixties uh, that Marvel wanted to get in on actually getting a black superhero out there. Yeah. Uh, the Falcon shows up. His debut is amazing because Red Skull kidnapped him for no discernible reason. Captain America <laughs> teaches him how to fight. It's a great book. It's a great book. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it, I, I really enjoyed the show um, quite a bit. It's like it, you know, we're going to get so much Marvel this year because like we're getting the both the 2020 and 2021 movie slate because <laughs> Marvel's so locked in on their um, timing because it's effectively one giant TV show but they can't air the TV shows sometimes without getting the movies out there yup so like we like have like six Marvel movies coming out really soon <laughs> oh can't wait for uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Kim's Convenience. That's going to be... I'm very excited for that. I'm mostly just sad because Kim's Convenience got canceled, but I love Simo Liu, so it, okay, it's Okay, see, okay. I didn't know that actor was on both. I thought you were just being racist. No, no, okay. that was... He shared <laughs> that... He shared this beautiful Photoshop someone did um, Oh, okay. I didn't him, know of him with the rest of the cast, and he's like, which of you jokers did this? And they, like, kept Simu Liu in the middle, but then they put the cast of uh, Kim's Convenience into the poster where the rest of the characters were. Gotcha. Okay. No, was... no. <laughs> Sorry, it's got me like... I was I I didn't get that reference because I didn't watch Kim's Convenience. So It's like... an excellent show. It's so funny, and Simu Liu is... He's a very, very funny actor, so I do sincerely hope that um, Shang-Chi lets him both do the badass thing and the uh, and his comedic side, because he is an incredibly charismatic and incredibly funny person, and I, I'm sorry, I, I really don't think they could have picked a better actor. I'm, I've been a, I, I've been... Kim's Convenience was another show I was stealing from Canada before Netflix got it. So, um, and I rewatched all of it on Netflix, so it's not my fault it got canceled. Um, okay. And I'm just really happy that, I'm happy that he's still working. I'm actually kind of pissed that that show got canceled, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. All right. So, do we have anything more to say about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Nope. Monkey. Monkey. Sorry. I'll stop trying to sing techno syndrome. Um so Mortal Kombat hit HBO Max and theaters. 
this weekend, this last weekend, and uh, I am the only one of us who saw that movie. Um, it sure was a Mortal Kombat movie. I'm sorry, I was finishing watching the Snyder Cut. I'm not even kidding. It took me two weeks. And you can't be mad at me, Trey, because I've been watching um, BuzzFeed Unsolved. So Mortal Kombat is, uh, sure, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. That's like, okay, so, like, I mean, they play with the lore a little bit, but, like, uh... The movie has a main character who's not in the games, which is a little surprising. Um, he's an uh, original character for the movie, but he's kind of your point of view character. Like in the in the first Mortal Kombat, you kind of get that served by Johnny Cage, but Johnny Cage isn't in this movie. Um, your main characters are, are Cole, who's this main main guy, and then you have Sonya, Kano, and um, Jax, and then you also get like Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Um, and Raiden, obviously, in here. And, you know, you've got, you know, Shanks. It, it's a Mortal Kombat movie, is all I can say. It's, like, unlike the uh, 90s movies, because this is rated R, you get actual, like, some a few, like, gore scenes, in, including a thing with Kung Lao's hat spinning and turning into, like, a table saw thing and, like, cutting <laughs> another character in half, starting from the head and, like, bisect. Anyways, it's cool. Um, it's It's, like, as graphic... It's... The whole movie as a whole could have been way more graphic than it was, like, you know, but, um, and obviously you get your Scorpion and your Sub-Zero is actually the conflict between Scorpion and Sub-Zero is kind of like the, um, almost like a central, like, tying thread throughout the film. And technically, you actually don't get the tournament in this movie. There's a lot of fighting, <laughs> but technically they set it up as though the tournament's going to be the next movie. Who knows if that'll happen, but, um... What? I'm it's, sorry, what? Shang Tsung is cheating and sending assassins to kill off Earth Earthrealm's uh, champions before the tournament can start. Rude. Yeah, and so, but they end up, you know, a bunch of fights. You get to, you know, see the main character, you know, fights Goro and stuff. And, um, and like, there's, you know, it... I don't want to spoil too much because the entire ver- reason to watch the movie is the neat fights. And if you're looking for anything else, like, it's a freaking, like, I've seen negative reviews of this film, and it's like, oh, it's just a shallow, like, so shallow and all stuff. I'm like, it's a Mortal Kombat movie, guys. Yeah. Like, I was about to say, are, I've are heard we, really good things about yeah, it. Yeah, no, are it's we from, pretending like, that the war of the games is really, is, is. This is as serious as you can possibly take this lore. <laughs> this is yeah, as like, serious as you can possibly take this lore. Um, It is. If if you These try are very to take... stupid games, I'm yeah yeah they are they are stupid, um and that's why we love them because you know like I've been playing Mortal Kombat since I was a child, like it's Mortal Kombat like it's don't don't think too hard about it, um and the credits there there is a new version of Techno Syndrome that plays over the end credits. And, yeah, I... and you get to hear Kung Lao go flawless victory after he saws someone in half. And like <laughs> Scorpion. So the best thing, so this is just a minor spoiler. Scorpion, like, so the movie starts like um with effectively like human like Scorpion is a human in like, you know, Field Japan, and then Sub Zero comes and kills his family and then kills him. And then the main character is a descendant of Scorpion. 
Oh. All right. Oh, okay. Um, and he, uh, in the the final battle, like against Sub Zero, he's fighting Sub Zero, the main character, and he has like this, um, the weapon that uh, Scorpion. I'm just gonna call him Scorpion because I like I know the real name of the character like when his Japanese name, but I'm gonna call him Scorpion for ease. Um, he has like the the dagger that Scorpion used in his fight and he was killed, and um, Scorpion's been in hell this whole time. And he rises from hell to fight Sub-Zero. And he's been speaking in Japanese this whole movie. Like, all of his early scenes, he's speaking purely in Japanese. And as he resurrects from hell, you hear him yell, Get over here! And does his, you know, the, the get over here move. With <laughs> and then resumes exclusively speaking Japanese for the rest of the movie. That's he amazing. says one line in English. He is from feudal Japan. How does he know how to say "get over here" in English? Who cares? It's Mortal Kombat, right? Say, this is this is high cinema. All right, so like, that's I... that's the movie you're getting when you watch Mortal Kombat. All right, if you're looking for anything else, you have shown up to the wrong film. Jimmy Olsen is playing Jax, and it's fine, um, because Mikad Brooks plays Jax, who played Jimmy nice. Olsen on Supergirl. Um, he is jacked. That guy got. But, like, when he shows up on screen with human arms, I'm like, not for long. Because uh, <laughs> it's Mortal Kombat, and I know what that character looks like in the video games. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, I cannot imagine being, like, and, and keep in mind, I think I'm pretty open-minded to what a movie can be at like i don't think just because something is a stupid movie means that it it's bad like is one of my favorite movies but like when i go to see mortal kombat i'm just expecting people in silly costumes to kill each other I'm, that's yeah like literally all i want <laughs> i mean it's it's a video Test game movie mind. there's there's and it's it's a fighting mind. video game movie. Like, there's not much. You just enjoy the fighting. Yeah, it's that's pretty much it. I think I mean, the, I they think can the try movie, to shove a plot line in there, but the movies good. the movies well cast. Um, and the it's it it's enjoyable. It's Mortal Kombat. Suspend your fucking disbelief for once in your goddamn life. Like occasionally, you watch the movie and like a couple of like, like a, a, a phrase of music from Techno Syndrome enters the instrumental score, and you're like, yeah. And then, nice. And then Sub Zero freezes someone, and you're like, yeah. And then Goro shows up, and it's just Goro. Cause Goro. Mm-hmm. You know? I. I'll probably take a look at it because I yeah. have HBO Max for a little look, bit longer. If if you're looking for a good movie, you have you have made a mistake. But if you're looking for Mortal <laughs> Kombat, you're getting Mortal Kombat. They they gave you what it is on the tin. And as a person who has watched Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and I have watched Mortal Kombat Conquest, which none of you fuckers remember existed, I watched that that show every episode. Wait, was that the web series or was that no, the... No, uh, that's the okay. 90s live-action television series. That, that weird one, right? That is technically a prequel. That was like 
kind of like run like a game show? Am I thinking of the right one? No, no. It okay. was a, it was a live action show with uh, you had you Raiden and you had Liu Kang, but also they had these two original characters of Ciro and is it Tasha? Not Tasha. It's Cristiano Loken played a character who was the other, and so so Liu Kang and his two non canonical friends in Outworld. And Shang Tsung's doing stuff, and, you know, occasionally bad guys from Mortal Kombat show up, but then usually they're fighting non-characters because they, you know, don't they, they don't necessarily have the ability to kill off canon characters, so you introduce other characters so they can die. <laughs> um, I like Liu Kang and his non-canonical friends. That's just a <laughs> phrase that makes me happy. <laughs> I can't explain why. <laughs> That's just a happy phrase for me. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I watched like the children's show. book. A horrifying yeah, Taja, children's book. Taja was Christiana Loken's character. Oh, I'm sorry. Does it not follow the movie? Follows Kung Lao. Who who's the main character? The Kung Lao was the main character on this. Sorry. Not okay, Luke does Kang. he have non-canonical friends? Yes, it's like, Kung how Lao much and are you lying to me about? It's, it's Kung <laughs> Lao. It's it's Kung Lao and his non-canonical friends. Okay, that. See that changes things. Now I'm less excited. Now, <laughs> now if it was Liu Kang, I'd be excited. But Kung Lao and not Jeffrey so Meek played both Raiden and Shao Kahn. Huh. A I, bizarre dual casting. I don't know why that makes me incredibly happy. <laughs> like this, everything about this sounds like a bad idea, and I'm angry that I didn't watch it. Daniel Bernhardt played. <laughs> Zero, uh, who is one of the uh, um, non-canonical friends, and he's a Swiss actor who was in Bloodsport Four. Um, okay. And okay. Bloodsport, he was in Bloodsport Two and Bloodsport Three, and in Future War. Um, you know, ironically, I feel like Bloodsport would be a good movie to start with as inspiration if you're making a Mortal Kombat movie. And he was Agent Johnson in The Matrix Reloaded. Oh, crazy! Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh yeah but uh he also appeared in an episode of jean-claude van johnson um i don't know what that is that's jean-claude van damme's um uh amazon series where he plays a version of himself uh, oh he's a play he, he's gonna uh he's also gonna appear in matrix 4 as, as agent johnson again so oh, excellent. let's see the so um paolo montalban played uh, Kung Lao, and uh, he was I, oh I, he was in the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella as Prince Christopher, opposite he was in the Brandy Cinderella movie. He was, <gasps> oh he that was, guy! Yay! Yeah, he was he was oh, he was the prince. Movies. Yeah, the, so he it was really the prince is. in that. He played Kung Lao, and then Christiana oh, okay. Loken, uh, Terminator Force Christiana Loken played uh, Taja. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, this sounds vaguely beautiful. It was not good. I watched every episode. <laughs> but this uh, sounds like the kind of trash that I would have watched. I'm a little disappointed that I'm not familiar with it. Have you seen my trash collection? Yeah, it, it aired from October 3rd, 1998 to May 22nd, 1999 on TNT. That's insane. How how was I not familiar with it? How did I not know about this? Sorry, I'm just TNT, but I always want to think of it as tint. Tint. 
That's how my brain says it. Yeah, no, it's uh, how is he? God, like I wonder if like uh, yeah, it's uh, Chris Casamassa played uh Scorpion, who he played Scorpion in the first Mortal Kombat movie, but not in Annihilation. But he played him in the first Mortal Kombat movie, and he came back to reprise the character on uh Mortal Kombat Conquest. Um, well, not everyone has the devotion of Dick Durock, who played Swamp Thing in every live-action iteration until the uh, DC streaming show, because he was too dead to do it, yeah, which mean, is a good reason to not show up, frankly. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, uh, Chris Casamasa <laughs> was primarily, is primarily a martial artist and a stuntman, so most of his credits are stunts. Because believe it or not, you don't need large acting range to play a version of Scorpion whose face you never see. Like they have a good actor playing Scorpion in the new movie with talent, but in in these Mortal Kombat's, you don't ever see you know the face. I'm... Didn't you kind of see a face in Annihilation, and it was really bad so, CG so, or something? So the funny thing is, is that my remembering Scorpion that in Annihilation was played by J.J. Perry. Um, but, uh, uh, he, uh, but J.J. Perry ended up playing Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat Conquest. Oh, I found out why Chris Casamassa didn't reprise his role in, um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's because he was doing stunts on Batman and Robin. Um, I don't know if that's dodging a bullet or not. I don't know. He came back for Conquest. Um, like, like. Because I think Batman and Robin, I actually think it's kind of an anti-classic. And I mean that in, like, the best way possible. So so the game characters who showed up besides, you know, Kung Lao, Shao Kahn Raiden, and and Shang Tsung, um, because, you know, Shang Tsung's your main bad guy in the series. The the other game characters who showed up were obviously Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Katana, uh, Noob Saibot, (laughs) Noob Saibot, yeah, Noob Saibot, Quan... Chi, Melina, Rain, Reiko, and Reptile. Well, I mean, like, Reptile tracks, because if you've already made a Scorpion and a Sub-Zero costume, you might as well just use the pattern a third time. Like, And then, like, because WCW aired uh, also on TNT, <laughs> yes. uh, wrestlers like Mang, going. Mang Wrath and uh, both... Uh, appeared on the show in guest roles and um yeah it's i was really hoping you were going to see, say that the mortal Kombat characters <laughs> oh God, no. and i showed up on wcw oh and my I'm god like, yeah. that would have been amazing that that sadly <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> so oh, i guess really the, the moral of the story is is that we need to get someone to release uh mortal Kombat conquest on streaming uh-huh it's, it's not good like, let's be clear. This is not this is not a good show. Okay, um, wait a minute. It, it's not good. It's late '90s TV that only three people remember. Why is it not streaming on Tubi? Frankly, that's where I go for bad TV shows. No one remembers. <laughs> I'm just taking a look I, out here. So I it is God, it is available for purchase on iTunes. For a dollar an episode. Uh, I swear to God, Tubi isn't adver- paying me to advertise for them. I'm just... 
They're my favorite streaming service because they have trash and they have classics and there is no middle ground. Yeah, it's available. <laughs> Mortal Kombat it's... Conquest is available. All 22 episodes are available for individual. You can buy the full season on Google Play for $25 to, to watch it on your devices, but there's mm. no... There's, That's a lot of money for Mortal Kombat Conquest. Let's. I wonder if there's a DVD. Like. Oh, here no the, the, the here we go. So it is available for twenty dollars on DVD. All right, now we're now you're speaking my language. But the question is, will it arrive in time for um? Our, our meat grinder. That's 22 episodes. We are not watching 22 oh. episodes of Mortal Dang Kombat it. Conquest that week. You're not watching we would... 22 <laughs> episodes. Yeah, Nick and I are. <laughs> On the other hand. <laughs> Do that while your characters are dead. Um... Yeah. <laughs> we'll just be in the background while the rest of you play. We'll be fine. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> we just, this is... This is this episode has happened, man. Um, we should move on to the final part of the episode, I guess. Uh, mailbag's empty this month, so Archimedes, get on this shit. Stop launching oh. new AIs. Just write us a letter. Use oh. your AI to launch to yeah. write us a letter. Yeah, have Vern write us a letter. Yeah, That'd have Vern uh, have Vern write us a letter. Either the AI or the guy who used to be my boss before he quit. One of the two. <laughs> You get your choice. One of the Verns has to write a letter. And it's up to you, Archimines, to make it happen. If and Brian I don't, ca- I don't care. old boss, I'd be both excited and scared. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I can tell God. you where he lives. It's a few blocks from me. Um, all right. So this is the part of the show where we do the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. The challenge is that I'm going to read a line challenge. from a book. The the challenge is I'm going to read a line from a book, and it, the, the challenge to the listener is to guess what book I am reading from. If you guess correctly, you get included in the Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, I read your name aloud every episode. Two, we put your name up on the website on a page that is really hard to find, but it's there. And three, uh, nothing else. I guess I won't send Archimedes to your house anymore. That's That's your prize. Is you never He's have married to worry about now. Me. You can't keep doing that. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, uh, it, it's not fair to his wife. She makes very nice candles. That's like you don't know if she's okay with it or not. You haven't asked I, her. Maybe I, she likes him getting out of the house sometimes. It's I been don't quarantine. Think so. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she needs the break, Nick. Maybe she needs the break. All right. So uh, the following member, the following people are in the Hall of Awesome currently. Arkham Hysero, Raina Incentic, Cheezy McDammy, Krista, Slither ED, Shameless Attacker, The Random Ramblings, Random Ramblings Man, Core Fan, Capico, Chris Cram, Lily Source, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. Still got it in one breath. All right. Oh my God. Even stumbling over the Random Ramblings Man. Who should also write us a letter. Yeah. Pick yeah. up, my dude. One of you must do it. All right. 
Here's your line. Here's your line. Unfortunately, I was noticed right away, and someone said that I was more than welcome to have some of their water. But did I have a cup? Of course I didn't. That's the line from the book. If you know what book that is, go to nerdandtie.com slash contact, fill out the little formy form, and tell us. Or if you have any other thoughts, hopes, dreams, random ideas, uh, plots for Mortal Kombat movies, uh, just shoot them our way. What did you think of Mortal Kombat? What did you think of Godzilla versus Kong? What did you think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? What did you think of Gen not seeing these things? Tell us. I'm sorry. <laughs> Give us your hopes, your dreams, your thoughts, your random torpedo di- uh, diagnostic uh, tool books in case we have to launch something from a submarine. Go to nerdandtie.com slash contact, click on the form form, and do the thingy thing. I yeah. swear to God, Gen, if next episode the only thing you've watched is Robotech, I'm going to explode. <laughs> 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 writing myself a note to watch this week. <laughs> we come back in May. And Gen has watched all of Robotech. Just, just like, hmm. Nope. <laughs> and have to tell us the significant difference in artwork between Macross and Mospita seasons. They, they, when they Americanized the names in Mospita, they took the guy with a really normal name and gave him a weird one and took the guy with the weird name and gave him a normal one. It's really frustrating. So, okay, in Japan, his name was John, so we're going to call him Flinko Winkerbean. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> There's a guy named Ray, and they changed his name to Rand. Then there was a guy named Stick, and his name became Scott. I want to know, but I don't want to know. All right, you should get us out of here, man. All right, coming at you live from the Nerd and Tide quarantine dome, I have been Nick Izumi. I'm Trey Dorn. And Proc. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on anywhere that greater podcasts are sold. I mean, I guess we're on Luminary, so that's technically true. But, uh, (laughs) sorry, I was queuing up the music. No one can tell that I accidentally played the wrong song for, like, five notes. Because only I can hear the music this episode. Um, And now the stupid player is not letting me... You know, I was... I was going to, like, give you, a like, an out of... It's not that Trey's having technical difficulties. I literally can't hear music. It's just a my my superhero weakness. I can't hear it. <laughs> I... I'm not kidding. The damn thing won't let me move the thing. There we go. Anyway, so if remember, you can subscribe to this podcast. We don't edit this show. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, on Apple, po- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere the greater podcast can accept an RSS feed. And remember, just go rate and review the show on um, on Apple Podcasts because that helps our stuff. Because believe it or not, we're on Luminary too. If you want to be a weirdo who uses Luminary, no one uses Luminary. I mean, I guess we're on it, but who cares? And if uh, you are the guy using Luminary, please put it, put us up so we have one hundred percent of the of it the services listeners. Right, I would appreciate. So that. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to the show <laughs> on. Uh, besides that, you can follow the show on social media. We are at Nerd and Tie on Twitter, nerdandtie.tumblr.com on Tumblr, and Facebook.com/slash Nerd and Tie. We're part of the Nerd and Tie Network. 
a lot of amazing shows on this network. Uh, like Let's Be Legendary, a weekly Let's Play show using D&D 5 edition that's set in like a Weird West setting. That's pretty awesome. You could listen to that mm -hmm. show if you wanted. Listen to The Meat Grinder, new episodes the 15th of every month, where everybody dies constantly. Yep. Although, with last episode, I don't think anybody died. But people will die next episode, trust me. And remember, in your hearts and your dreams, you can still su support this show financially, because I didn't say that yet. If you remember, you can contribute to our legal fund by gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. You can uh, just give us sponsorships. You can, you know, I sound really manic probably to these guys because they can't hear the fast music playing behind me. Um, you can, uh, of course, contribute to... I've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-E-G-O-R-N-X. Got a Patreon at patreon.com slash Nikazumi. And again, you can buy things on Etsy at Ocelot Dude Designs. Because it's cool. There's neat stuff that Gen makes with stuff. And remember, in your hopes and your dream and your heart, somewhere deep inside, you know that the truth is out there. And that when you're in your darkest moment, when you feel like you're all alone, and it's just so cold and you hear someone reaching out behind you, they're saying, Get over here! Ah! And, and then they give you a hug. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what oh. happens, man. Oh, moral combat. <laughs> <laughs> Morale combat. Say your catchphrase. Keep on spocking in the free world. It's better than Morel combat where they're just hunting for mushrooms in the mm. woods. <laughs> <laughs> but they get really upset if other people find their stash. Like... Oh, yeah. Dear Lord. This is where the show ends. <laughs>